Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. Jordan Swindell is from a dirt racing family in Arkansas and together with husband Kevin, the two have built several businesses including their Swindell Speed Lab brand, which sells apparel and driver gear, and their sprint car team, which has featured drivers like Christopher Bell, Spencer Baston, and Sammy Swindell. On a day-to-day -day basis, Jordan is busy with running the businesses, creating new merchandise ideas, and working with her team's partners. She joins the show to chat about the challenges of running a business in 2020, why she can't watch her sprint car when it's on track, how her and Kevin work together, and much more. Before we get to Jordan, this episode is brought to you by Blood Lubricants. Blood carries a high-performance line of synthetic racing oils, and they've got you covered for all sorts of dirt racing applications. Engine oils, gear oils, suspension fluid, cleaning products, you name it, they've got it. For those racers that are looking to start putting their 2021 schedules together and are looking for partners, check out Blood's Racer Support Program. They offer discounts on products plus free swag, and they support hundreds of racers across many divisions throughout the country. They are currently accepting applications for the 2021 season right now. To check out the support program, find out more information or to buy, visit bloodlubricants.com. That's B-L-U-D lubricants.com. If you'd like to receive 25% off most products, use code DIRT at checkout. That's D-I-R-T, all caps, at checkout. Now let's get to my conversation with Jordan Swindell. Your Twitter account says you're the controller of chaos at Swindell Speed Lab, but I feel like your role there is probably even a little bit more than that. But give us an idea about the business of Speed Lab on a daily basis. I know right before we started this, you said you're super busy right now, but, but give us an idea of kind of what that looks like on a day-to-day -day basis for you right now. Well, we run about 16 different businesses and not just one. You would think kind of most of the time my responsibility is all the t-shirt stuff, but you know, I handle a ton of the, the race car, the marketing side, the sponsorship side. You know, I pretty well talk to pretty well all of our sponsors, you know, three or four times a week. On top of, um, right now, I've started taking on doing some merchandise product projects for other race teams, other drivers, that kind of thing. Um, on top of a micro team that now travels a ton and races a ton. So it's literally never ending. There's always a project that needs to be accomplished. <laughs> And talking about the other race teams, I, I guess I didn't realize that you were doing that now, but is, is that a situation where it's like they look at you guys and see what you've done with Speed Lab and it's like, oh, they do this apparel thing well, maybe we should, you know, have them help us with our stuff? Yes. Yes, which is nice. I love that. I love, I feel like there's a lot of things that I can do for Speed Lab myself, like that play into what I do, but I feel like there's so many other things that maybe something I like doesn't play well for me. That's perfect for another group of humans. And that's, that's what I love. Like I just love the whole general circle of merchandising and marketing and the whole thing. Cause what works for me might not work for someone else. And so I enjoy being able to do it for other people. I feel like a little bit like speed lab is kind of this umbrella kind of brand idea for all of the things you have going on. But you know, besides the race team, besides apparel, and, you know, I know you guys are kind of into digital media now. What other things are kind of underneath that, that Speed Lab umbrella right now? Dylon. That's what's underneath it. Um, <laughs> Dylan's so talented with all of the media, the videos. The We really are pushing the whole documentary style of trying to make it to where the normal race man really understands like what really goes on in our race nights. And I feel like that's something that we really have pushed really hard for the last this year was trying to open ourselves up to a whole different side of what we do so you really can see it that's really kind of the biggest side project right now that goes on behind everything is is that 
why is that important to you guys? Uh, you know, and, and as somebody who's watched a ton of your YouTube videos, obviously I love that kind of thing. Like, you know, I work in motorsports and, and like anything behind the scenes I'm into, but why is that important for you guys to be able to put that stuff out there? I feel like kind of just like going back to when Kev got hurt, we try to be open, you know, a lot about like our life and what goes on behind the scenes and, you know, really trying to like, humanize kind of everything that goes on and so it's not such a disconnect between like a like a fan of racing to what we do and I feel like that's more of what we're trying to accomplish is to make sure everything's connected and make sure you really do understand everything that's going on and giving people ability to be able to when you are like, go ahead I would say when, when you are, are working with marketing partners, with sponsors for the Sprint Car team, you know, we're trying to get stuff going for your micro team. How important is that digital piece as you guys, you know, try to attract sponsors, things like that, that you can have, you know, you have a YouTube channel, you've got social media accounts that have all of these followers. That is everything. I like you so much of like how we started Speed Lab was really just like people who had already always supported you know, our family, Sammy to Kevin, like, you know, I feel like that's even kind of the, it's, that's more the late model way where it's like family money or, you know, friends, family with these businesses that support. But now I feel like we've gotten such a, a brand going and so much, um, you know, there's so much analytics to being able to show someone this many people clicked on this, this many people clicked on your sticker tag on your Instagram. This is how many people are going through our YouTube channel during a month so you can see how many people really are going to see what we're offering you when you're when you want to sponsor us and I feel like that is kind of what's helped us here in the last little bit you know landing bear archery was huge they're a very they're a public publicly traded company and they only care about numbers they don't really care about they love us but they also really love the numbers that come along with what we offer do you think that's something that maybe the dirt racing world is missing out on is some of like that kind of advanced numbers analytics, you know, some of that like really solid, you know, kind of return on investment stuff as, as they start pitching sponsors? Yes, I do. I think that it, it it's kind of like the NASCAR thing, right? You really have to be able to show numbers and that's how they're able to get these, these people are giving money to these NASCAR teams because they there's a return on investment most of the time of how much your sticker is going to be shown how much you're going to get out of it and I feel like the more that we would hone in on that and you know the more that we would we could be able to show how many people do watch a, a dirt vision or how many people watch through flow the more that we could be able to explain that to some of these bigger companies the more we really could show how strong the dirt community is and that the numbers really are there for us to bring in these corporate sponsors and corporate sponsors mean more money for race teams which means more teams on the road more teams doing you know more events like for us like we could not do it like that's not how like our business functions we kevin and i are never gonna put you know lose money on the race team portion of this like you ha it has to be physically possible and that's how it becomes possible is being able to attract sponsors like that. In, in this part of the season that we're in, you know, kind of racing, winding down a little bit. Um, I know you guys are probably working on a lot of, of merch things and things like that, but like, as you start looking towards next year, as you start, you know, getting ready for chili bowl and the sprint car season, like what are the things that you personally have to do to get yourself prepared for next year? 
this is the time of year where I thrive. This is where every single week there's something new coming out because I feel like this is kind of the time of year where everyone dies down. Like this is the, this is when I pick up. This is when I feel like I have to make up for the not being at the racetrack portion of this. And a lot of preparing, you know, for the next few months is just really, right now it's kind of hard because I actually have no idea how many people is going to be anywhere, what our situations are going to be. But a lot of it is really just nailing down you know, sponsor portions of this. So we really can determine our schedule for the next, you know, 12 months of our life. And that's really our, our big focus, you know, really the next few weeks is that. How is this year going to be different for you? I, I would imagine you guys probably went to PRI, but with there not being a PRI this year and that opportunity to not get that face-to-face time with sponsors, like how big is that going to be? And, and what do you need to do kind of to make up for that? So that's actually, we actually run all of, this is, literally all we've talked about lately is how do you make up for PRI, like being able to talk to some of your people. Kev has super good relationships with most of the people that, you know, we're involved in. So it's always, he pretty well talks to most of it all the time anyways, but we're talking, we do all the social media and stuff for K1 um, race gear. And um, this whole few last few months, we were really just trying to plan how we could, how do you sell suits to people who you can't measure? Like PRI is so huge, right? So we have a bunch of stuff coming up where, we did virtual videos and we're about to start doing virtual appointments for even just, I'll measure you through the, through zoom call. Like I will walk you through that. And I feel like that's the stuff that's going to be super hard this year is really just that end of product, that end of everyone's side of the business is how do, how do we all get prepared for that? As you guys are kind of going through this off season, I'm curious, like, are you doing things differently? You know, kind of taking a look at the pandemic and and what happened, you know, does that affect your schedule going forward, your planning going forward with like maybe where you guys are going to go or not go? And like, obviously Chili Bowl is going to be very different this year. Um, But like, how does that affect you as you start looking towards next year? I already have kind of backed off of my plans a little bit for Chili Bowl, like my normal, like I've already really drastically cut things I've ordered and because I always try to I'd start chili bowl now like this is when I shoot out chili bowl preps really right now and um shootout seems to be okay and but that's such a big event for us but I really don't know I don't know how it's going to affect it long term I guess it really is just going to determine be determined by if sponsors are able to stick around which is always such a questionable thing right now and whether you know the schedules are going to be normal I hope that we're in Volusia in February, but I couldn't tell you at this like present moment. It's always, I feel like this whole year, I'm a planner super big and I don't feel like any single part of my life has been planned over the last few weeks. <laughs> I, I guess that's the other thing I was curious about too, is with, with the merchandise business, with the apparel business, I know that that at track presence for you guys is like a huge deal. And, and I know you guys yeah. would go to the dome and, and obviously chili bowl and, and, you know, world of outlaws races, all these places that you would normally have a, you know, a trailer or a table or whatever set up. How different has that been this year with with maybe not being able to do that that much? And I'm like, has that been a big hit on the business? It has been. It really has. Like, I see it more now, like, after I've taken a step back. Like, during the summer, it kind of seemed pretty normal when we were going to Pennsylvania so much because that's really how we supplemented it was we just went where racing wasn't where people were. But it really is like you step back and you look at, you know, a quarter of Knoxville when we had – we were supposed to have channel lock, you know, 60th year channel lock was on board to sponsor. And like, I look at that and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like we really, that's a huge hit to 
you know, our business and what would have happened. And then like knowing that chili bowl is going to be short, you just, you start trying to figure out how you're going to make up that money. And I'm so thankful for the fact that we do have such a great online presence, but I don't even know how we're going to be able to ever make it up. Like it's almost kind of, it's so sad to me to think about the channel lock deal. Every time that I think about it, it makes me like half cry because I'm like, that would have been so much fun. And I had all of it done and it was going to be great. But I, I, it was such an affecting thing for not just me, for everyone, you know, like it, it was more of the, it seemed normal for such a little bit, but now it's not. Is there like things you've done differently with social? Are there things you've done differently with, you know, the types of things you're designing or putting out there? Like, I mean, are there changes that you've made to try to make up for a little bit of that? Or is there just like, you've just resigned yourself to the fact that you just can't and you just need to kind of keep pushing forward? Really? I feel like all I've done lately is try to come up with something different. So the whole kitchen line, people are spending so much time in their kitchen, like spraying car cookie cutters. And we have aprons coming that say, I'd rather be racing or like, I would never thought about that stuff prior. You know, the mask masks were huge there for a little while selling those, but that still doesn't make up for it. You know, you really can't sit down and you just really have to accept that they're not going to these events as much. People don't have as much money to spend. It's just that we're not going to as many events either. We really, with Kev's health, we tried really hard for a while to just not. But then, like, as much as we want to, you know, be very, like, cautious, we can't because what are we supposed to do not survive? Like, our business won't survive if we don't go, if we don't not go race. So that was something that was actually, like, super big issue for him and I was his health. He's finally super healthy. And then trying to adjust to that. I mean, we were, we, we were at Hobstot. So one of the first races we went to is Hobstot and people were so mad because we didn't stay in the pits afterwards. Like I'd gotten a bunch of like pretty hateful Twitter messages about it, about why did y'all leave? Why wouldn't you do this? And it was just like, man, y'all we're trying really hard to be careful. <laughs> and I feel like that's been all of it. It's just so hard to navigate and so hard to understand. And there's no real way of making up for it. It just is what it is. As you kind of look around, you know, are, are there anything, are there things that have been good that have come out of, you know, maybe being home more often and maybe not racing as much, you know, have you been able to, you know, maybe catch up on housework or, you know, are there things Kevin's been able to do with the team or I'm mean, like, are, are there good things that have happened through this? I racing. Oh my goodness. All that I racing stuff is the best thing ever. Um, that was so healthy for Kevin. Like people were so complaining about it. And I was like, no, we're all having so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, I was so healthy for Kev, like mentally a little bit, because we're all so stuck in the house and that's not fun for anyone, but he at least had that outlet. And I did too, actually. I raced a ton during that and enjoyed it a lot. And so I feel like that, that was so great to get us through all of it. And I feel like I've had a lot of time to, we just moved back to North Carolina. I've had a ton of time to get organized and get our life together a little bit. I was able to actually finish my house and really dive in a little bit more on, you know, the speed lab merchandising side of things and really get everything as straight as possible because it's always a chaos a little bit around here with stuff. And it, it really made it to where I feel like I have it as, as organized as possible, which is nice. What is like the logistics of your guys' business look like? I mean, are you guys running Speed Lab out of your house? Like, do you guys actually have like maybe a warehouse space and an office? Like, what does that look like? Well, we were in Indy for forever and we were working out of, I had my garage 
was set up, I had two shelves and um, we had 1500 square foot for the race car. Well, the next year we had 3000 square foot, 1500 for me and then 1500 for Kev and um, with the race car. And moving here, we have 8,000 square feet of shop now where almost 3000 of it is all for me. <laughs> I'd take up a ton of this space. Um, we have, um, I have, you know, like a stock room and then, you know, an area where you can come in and you can pick up some stuff too. And then we have like a small t-shirt printer where we just do some one-off stuff every once in a while. And really, a, and then I have my t-shirt trailer parts inside now, which is super nice too. I take up a lot of room. Kevin complains at me because I take up so much room these days. <laughs> How many people do you actually have helping you out to, to make things and pack things and ship things and handle customer service and all of that? Um, I used to do all of it myself, but now I have um, myself. Um, Holly Shelton works for me. And then Brandon Lines, who's a spotter, works for me too. And then Dylan. And then this time of year, Kevin's mom, Amy, is here because we need a fifth human really in here, making sure that everything runs pretty well. But like right now, they shipped orders from, you know, 1030 this morning till maybe an hour ago. This is, this is just super busy time of year. Why is it so busy right now? Is it Christmas stuff? I mean, is yeah, it just- it's, it's just Christmas. And I really do feel like I pushed hardest right now. Like I don't really feel like I, there's not always every week right now, there's new products or sale or something going on. I'm really, I'm always permanently trying to make up for the fact we're not at the racetrack. <laughs> what, uh, give me an idea of, of the reasoning behind moving from Indiana to North Carolina is, you know, was it just, you know, you guys wanted to be closer to a specific family or is it, you know, does it make more business sense? Like why North Carolina? Um, this is where Kevin and I were when he got hurt. Um, this is, we had lived here. I had lived here the two years and he'd been here since he was 18 and, we kind of thought that we were going to have to be a full-time race team. Like that was always the thought process of what we had to do. And him and I are so thankful that speed lab became kind of what it has now. Cause it kind of made it to where we could be where we wanted to be. So it's really just a, it was a him and I decision of happiness and Kevin's a lot happier when it like cold, it's so cold in Indy. His health is a lot better when we're here. Cause it's not so cold. So is there mostly like, I, I know you talked about like the people that work for you, but is it like, is it easier or more difficult to like find people to help out with me, maybe with the race team or, or with the merch business, like one place versus the other? Not really. I don't think so. Um, crew guy wise, maybe a little bit different here, but man, the NASCAR guys love all this stuff, especially a lot of the crew guys and stuff. And a lot of them came from dirt. So it, I don't feel like it's really any different whatsoever. And it's actually easier for me help wise here because Holly and lines, they're bored. It's their off season. And so they're, they're ready to, they always are kind of willing to do something. So for me, it's been super easy. Do you think it changes where you guys take the sprint car team? Like, you know, are you going to travel maybe less distances, things like that being, you know, cause obviously North Carolina is not uh, as centrally yeah. located, but it's like, do you think that makes a difference? Um, it really didn't this year, other than we just spent a whole lot more time in Pennsylvania, but I don't know whether that's because that's where it was racing or that's where we're closer to, but Kev and I both really enjoyed the Pennsylvania racetracks and the fans in Pennsylvania are really awesome. So it always throws me off whenever there's always those weird comments about Pennsylvania fans, because they're so great to us all the times we're ever there. So I, I don't mind it. We'll travel, we'll not travel. It doesn't matter. 
As you guys kind of, you know, work through the sprint car team and deciding who you're going to put in the car, obviously you guys had a couple of different drivers this year, you know, you had Baston and Bell and, and Sammy in the car, but you know, I, I feel like as I've talked to drivers, there's kind of this thing where it's like, as you're looking for the next ride, you're kind of constantly on the phone. And, and I guess I'm curious, like, is your phone kind of ringing off the hook of people that want to drive your car? And then, I mean, are you guys like open to those things or you're like, you're very specific about how you, who you want to put in the car? Um, I really don't feel like we get a ton of phone calls, which is funny. Like I, like, I personally think that we have one of the, like, we have an awesome race car, the race, like there's really not a, any time in which I ever think my race car is slow, which is great. But um, Kevin's very peculiar about it. Um, <laughs> just to be fair, he really is. And, um, you know, he's very, com- obviously he's very comfortable with his dad and Spencer is, you know, where we started speed lab with. So he's very comfortable with him. And, um, and how can you not be comfortable with Christopher? You know, how, like, how is there ever, you know, a worry about that? But you know, we're really open to whatever most of the time. It's just we're never going to be a full-time race team, and I don't feel like that's what most drivers are looking for. Most drivers are looking for a more full-time ride, and that's nothing that him and I are interested in. You know, we thought that was what we were going to have to do, and we were very, very thankful that that's not the situation. I like enjoying the races. When you're doing it nonstop on the road full-time, it's not really as fun is the way that we do it. We go to the races we want to go to, you know, we do the Pennsylvania speed weeks or the Knoxville and the more fun weekends of racing rather than it feeling like your job all the time. I, I, one of the things that I always like about following you on social media is, is I feel like me and you kind of look at dirt racing the same where it's like, yeah, we like sprint car racing, we like open wheel racing, but you'll watch street stocks, you'll watch late models and you'll tweet about that stuff. And I'm interested yeah. in those things too. But I guess I'm curious, like why you are that way and, and maybe give me an idea about your own background with, with kind of coming up through dirt racing. I know your brother races, but you know, kind of why are you the way that you are in terms of your fandom? Oh, I'm a hillbilly. <laughs> I am from Alexander, Arkansas. I'm my my parents' home is two minutes away from I thirty Speedway. Um, I grew up with a dad who raced modifieds and street stocks and late models on a very like regional level. Um, I just I always felt like like I as a kid I'd love sitting in the stands and watching the races with my mom. Like I'd love that, and I will never understand. Like I tell people this all the time, and I think they think I'm kidding. But I would have, the day that I met Kevin and went on a date with Kevin, I did not know there was a difference between 316 and 410. Like, I mean that. Like, I would have no idea anything about a sprint car. And so, I feel like it's not that hard to just enjoy it. Like, most of the time, some of those street stock races are the best races at the racetrack sometimes. And I know sometimes there's goofy stuff that happens and things run longer. But I just always feel like these people are out there and they're really they love it. Like those guys that are in the street stocks or the modifies or whatever, what they're doing is because they love it. Most of those people are hobby racers. So don't be mean to them. Let them enjoy their life. Is, like that's how I feel. Is, was there ever a point where you wanted to get in a race car? <laughs> um, I, whenever Kevin and I started dating, I was running a um, powder puff hobby car and I ran twice, but I, I don't really have like that that like one to race I'm not very good at it um I don't even want to act like I could be at all has it ever like I mean have you ever gotten in the sprint car have you ever gotten in one of the micros and maybe (laughs) just made a lap or anything no but they're very adamant right now about doing the Joe Drives Things YouTube series right now like they're very adamant about this is they want me to start like they're just going to start taking me to Millbridge and random race cars and letting me 
drive because Kevin thinks it'll be the funniest thing ever. So, but what if it I guess I guess maybe really it's gonna happen. <laughs> what if you're really good at it though? Oh, I seriously doubt that. And number <laughs> one, I will be way too scared. Like I do, I just like I know I will be, but maybe I will be. You know, look out, driver of the Swindell Speed Lab number thirty-nine. How has it gone uh, watching your brother uh, kind of come up and, and, you know, he's made some pretty big late model starts this year, but how has yeah. that been? That's super cool for me. Um, he's my little brother. And so, um, like, my brother ran, ran motocross most of our, like, my young life. And so, I, me and my brother have always been very attached. Like, I was 16 and my parents had to work and I was just taking my brother to go race everywhere. So, we always had a really close relationship. And... So it's really good for me to get to see him do so well because he, he is super talented and like, especially regionally at home. He's really great in modifieds. I wish he still raced modifieds. I hope he listens to this and hears me say that I would like him to go back to modified racing. <laughs> what, uh, like, I mean, is he racing for fun? Is he trying to do this professionally? I mean, what, um, what does that look like? Yeah, he, he actually, he ran, he, he may run full time this year. I'm not a hundred percent sure quite yet. They're still trying to get a deal put together. But that, that's his intention is for him to run full-time. And so we'll see. I, they, were, they had a few little things they were trying to kind of iron out with some sponsor stuff themselves. And so I'm fingers crossed that he's going to be full-time touring. So, But we shall see. What is that like for you? Like, I mean, if, if you get an opportunity to go watch him race versus maybe watching Kevin race back in the day, is it similar feelings? Is it, you know, does one way bother you more than oh. the other? Or So – this is something that if you were to spend time around me, I don't watch my sprint car. Like I don't like I, I can watch like a heat race, but if you come try to find me during a feature, I am hiding in the t-shirt trailer cleaning, or I'm in the race car trailer cleaning. Like I just like, I'm a nervous human. Kevin never nervous in my life, never ever nervous watching him. And I'm really not ever really nervous watching Drew either, but watching the race car go around the track, I can't do it. Why is that different? Do you think? Um, I think it's because it means so much to Kevin now, like whenever Kevin controlled it all himself, you know, he's in the race car and most of the time he was his own crew chief. So it's just one of those things where I never, like it didn't, there was a part of it where he always controlled it. So whatever happened was just on him. Well, now whenever you take your race car, you know, he can only do so much of the portion of it and a driver controls the other portion of it. It just makes me nervous. And all the guys we've had you know, drivers do an exceptional job. Like we absolutely amazing, you know, but I can't watch Christopher win at Grandview. I was in the t-shirt trailer cleaning. I was, I had race monitor up and I'm watching race monitor and it's not that like I doubt them or anything like that. It's just kind of, I just know how much it means to Kev. I think that's really what it is. Where do you guys like between you and Kevin, I feel like you probably have like a really tight partnership, but like, where do you guys draw the line on what Kevin does versus what you do? There's not any lines. <laughs> That's something that um, our relationship, like, prior to him getting hurt was, you know, I had a job and he had his thing. Like, it was both of, like, we lived together, but I had my thing and he had his thing. And I didn't really go travel with him a ton because I always was, I'm a super independent human. Um, That's super important to me. But obviously with what happened to him, we kind of had to figure out a whole different way of life. And so I feel like we're just constantly learning how to evolve this. Like, cause neither one of us, number one, intended any of this to actually work out. We never intended really to own a sprint car team or have a t-shirt company or a brand or, you know, be as successful at what we're doing as we are, you know? So I feel like all the time those lines are always getting crossed because 
we're both trying to make sure everything gets done all all the time. So there's never a line of what one does over the other. And we do a really good job of making sure we communicate how we feel about certain decisions of like, would that be from who drives a race car to what t-shirts get printed? There's nothing him and I really don't do together. Does that mean that like, I mean, do you get drug out in the shop to help work on the sprint car? Oh. Does he get drug in, in the house <laughs> to get, you know, help pack bags? I mean, like, you know, yeah. what is that? Yes, okay, absolutely. Um, I like, especially when this all started, I drove the truck and trailer. I'm the second crew guy. Like I'm whatever you need me to be in the moment and still am like that would never be any different. And like two years ago, it was like kind of the first year that we, it was our first like Black Friday sale. And um, it was just him and I, and I kind of expected it not to be anything big deal. And all of a sudden there was way too many orders for one person to do by themselves. And there's Kevin and it's like 12 degrees in Indy and everything's in our garage. And Kevin has like a hoodie and a t-shirt in his lap and he's rolling up and down his ramp, bringing me something with a packing on top of it. So there's really no bounds to either one of us. We're just here to make sure it all works all the time. It kind of listening to you, it feels like some of the stuff that's happened, especially with Speed Lab, has not maybe not been an accident, but maybe it wasn't planned so much. But I guess I've heard from Kevin a little bit kind of about the origin story of, of Speed Lab and, and kind of where it is today. But from your perspective, how did Speed Lab get started and, and how has it grown to the point that it is today? Um, well, we were in the car and we couldn't decipher. Kevin didn't know what he wanted to do, like whether he wanted to do shocks and or crew chief or whatever it was he couldn't really decide but you know he didn't want it to be kevin swindell racing whatsoever like he hated that it needed to be something different and so the name originated so we got some stickers made and then um sunshine won his first usac race and he had it on his helmet and then we he was doing kevin was work crew chiefing a little bit for parker price miller and he won and the sticker was on there and someone had asked me about some t-shirts Kevin told me I was stupid. That I was wasting our money to print any of this. this. is so funny to me. Like, this is my favorite part of all this. Is He actually thought I was dumb. Like, would not wear the t-shirt, anything. He kind of thought that I was silly. And then, then this happened. <laughs> but it was, um, it's very slow, gradual thing. Like, I don't feel like it was just like overnight. It was just like an insane thing. I feel like we really slowly push to be a little bit different than everyone, you know, social media wise. I feel like I really tried really hard on the simpleness of merchandise because car t-shirts stress me out. They just do like, they just have a lot on them and like, I'm very detail oriented. So it's really hard for me to just nails down something that I really like with all that stuff. And I just really wanted, I need to, I needed a project more than anything during that time frame of our life. And so I feel like it just slowly, but surely we had really great ideas. We, you know, really consistently stayed true to like the purpose and what we were wanting to do. When you guys and are, that's why it ended up being successful. When you guys are kind of working through, you know, new ideas, things like that. I mean, do you guys have like a big whiteboard? I mean, like, what are those? Like, I mean, do you have big brainstorming sessions? Like, I mean, what is that? How do you guys come up with all of these ideas for the different products and the different designs and things? I was late to this because that's what we were doing. Oh, and okay. it, it just, it literally ends up being like, I like right next to me, I have a whiteboard that has like the next like month of my life planned out of drops, but it changes literally every week because there ends up being some form of new idea. Um, it mostly originates sitting on the couch. 
most of the time. It's me and Dylan and Kevin sitting on a couch or in the other person's office or someone sending a text message is like, hey, y'all come here and let's talk this through. And um, it's all, it's a very group effort. Like no, every single person here really comes up with ideas, even Amy. Like they're, and I feel like we're also super receptive to other people's ideas of something they think would be really cool for us. And we find a way to, you know, make it our own. And so it, it's a very big group collaboration of a bunch of people sitting on couches talking about very dumb things a lot of the time. What's the stupidest thing that you guys have put out that just like, just completely flopped? Like it was just a complete massive failure. Nothing. Really? I swear to okay. you that. That's, I know, how weird is that? Um, I really hated the, it's the slide jobs for me and the wallets. I hated those with all of my purpose, hated those, but those have been two of the, the better things, kind of the goofier ones or the, no one remembers who ran second like that. It's kind of like the novelty stuff is super funny to me. Cause that's not like my style aesthetic or really anyone else's in this building, but they like those work so great. And so that always is super funny to me, but we really have not, I vet a lot of things. I post lots of Instagram stories of people telling me yes or no before I flop. I don't like to fail. I feel like you need to like go further out on the limb then. Like if there oh, hasn't been any massive my, failures. My cooking stuff, my cooking stuff that is, that is in route, which is like checkered flag spatulas and sprint car cookies and sprint car ice trays and aprons. That is very out of my realm and very <laughs> not race car. And so we will absolutely see how that goes and we will have to have this discussion again because it may not work. How does it like when you guys are looking for partners to help you make things like this? I mean, is it, is it difficult to help you find somebody make checkered flag spatulas or is it like fairly simple to track down that stuff? Um, now it's not. It, at one point in time, I could have an idea and there'd be, I would have no idea where to kind of go about it. But the last few months, we actually kind of, we'd grown to a point where like, this is not obviously anything that I was trained to do marketing wise, nor is this, you know, anything that I really am trained at whatsoever. And so we actually have a company now that like a marketing firm that came in and has helped us for the last few months, like Facebook ad wise, because there's no way you haven't seen one of my Facebook ads. And then all of those kind of things. And they really know the manufacturing portion of all of this. And that's why we brought them in was because how are we ever going to grow if we don't know exactly who to call to go to? And so I think most of it was finding someone to help. <laughs> As you like, you know, kind of go forward, are there things about your businesses that have surprised you, things that have maybe, you know, gotten good reaction or, you know, the growth of something? Like, can you think of something, you know, does something come to mind that's just like, man, I can't believe that happened? Um, all of it. Because I feel like for such a long time, most people were not that big of a fan of the Swindell name. And I feel like that was such a stigma for such a long time, even kind of whenever we had started all of this. I felt like it was, I can't believe you're wearing that or, you know, something like that. And um, I feel like Kev has worked so hard at being like very involved in dirt racing and really wanting it to be like a better place and really trying to open himself up to everything from being on dirt vision broadcasts or, you know, the racing thing or, you know, really being outspoken about safety or, you know, trying to, tone back his opinion a little bit sometimes in his rowdier days. Like, so sometimes it's a little, like, it's so shocking to me that we figured out how to make it all work. Really. It's 
because I, I sometimes I feel like I would read like a meme comment or something like that and it would always get to me so bad but I feel like all the love has so overwhelmed all of it that it's always still so overwhelming to me that it all worked out. Do you think that that kind of, you know, polarizing view of the Swindell name, you know, with Sammy and, and Kevin back in the day a little bit, do you think that's helped you or do you think that's hurt you? Um, Both. Both. Because there's always going to be, you know, the whatever people about Sam or whatever it is. But I feel like it's like, obviously, we have a voice, you know, and Kevin does. And then, you know, he's created it to where, you know, I feel like I have a little bit of a voice as well, you know. And so I feel like it's it's both. It, it's always going to just be both. You're going to have people who dislike it, but you're going to win a lot more people over with it too. I guess that was my follow-up is, is have you seen people that have converted that would say, man, I hated Sammy back in the day, but now I'm such a big <laughs> fan of you guys. I get a lot of, I hate Sammy, but man, I love you guys all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a whole lot. Like, especially, I, obviously I talked to a ton of people in the t-shirt trailer. So that's always one of my more favorite ones. Cause I never know how to respond. <laughs> always like, Ooh, yep. Well, I'm glad you like us. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'll get ready to let you go because I know you have a lot of stuff going on, but uh, where should people go? What should people look for? What's what's next for Speed Lab? What, you know, what's something cool that you guys have in the pipeline? You know, kind of give, give me the pitch. Oh, all that I have on my mind right now is diecast because we finally got our first diecast. They finally, literally, he sent me a picture today and they were going to ship out and I literally could scream because I feel like, I've owned a race car so long and I still haven't had a die cast. So I'm so excited. Um, so next, like they will ship right after black Friday, the die cast will, but I have a ton of new stuff. Every Friday, there's a new drop. There's a little spaceman coming out that Kevin did that. He's so obsessed with and It's on a ton of different color stuff. It's all very winterish, very normal, casual stuff for you to wear at the racetrack. And there's nothing really coming out that I'm not really totally obsessed with. Even my kitchen stuff. I have Christmas ornaments. There's literally nothing here in the next few weeks that's not coming out. And swindellspeedlab.com. Very simple. You can even shop on Instagram. Where can, uh, like, what, what's the next place we'll see a, a Speed Lab table, Speed Lab trailer? A shootout? Uh, I mean, is shootout. that a shootout? Yeah, we'll be a shootout. And then, and then we'll I, I think I'm going to abort having, last year I used two different places at Chili Bowl. I had, you know, in the pits, and then I had a booth in the trade show. But I think I'm just going to have a booth in the pits because I'm really not sure how this is all going to work. So in the pits at Chili Bowl and in the vendor area at Shootout. And then at Speed Lab everywhere, speedlab.com. Yep. Everywhere. Yep. Cool. Well, Jordan, I certainly appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day and uh, good luck with everything going forward. Much appreciated. Thank you for having me on. Thanks again to Jordan for the time. She is someone I have a ton of respect for as she's worked her butt off to build her businesses and she keeps pushing to make them better. It's hard to fault someone who's invested in and is building something inside of dirt racing. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok.